subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Before we jump in with Brett, we did get a question from Cody on the McClarty Daniel outline. He's asking you if he if he thinks that high school football will be more competitive in Arkansas because of these proposals getting passed last night. I don't know. Players move around, public and private schools. And this this was all based on the idea that there's no district boundaries, no geographical boundaries for the private schools. And that's where this equity factor point system came came about years ago i don't know you know i is it more more balanced i do think you're going to get the right schools fitted in with the other schools i do think at the bottom end of the seven and six a there's some schools that traditionally and perennially have had a hard time competing maybe those some of those things change and you have a better group of 16 in the seven and six a moving forward okay Let's welcome in Brett Norsworthy, Sports 56 in Memphis, co-host of Sports Time from 3 to 6 on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Brett, I want to start with week one. We got the announcement yesterday, college game day, going to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Tar Heels and Gamecocks. You've got the, I would say the marquee game is the LSU-Florida State game in Atlanta, but it's on a Sunday. Is, is week one kind of a letdown for college football this season? Good morning. It is compared to week two, and I can tell you now, they haven't announced it yet, but we know where they'll be week two. They'll be in Tuscaloosa for Texas and Alabama. The last time they'll meet as non-conference foes against each other, but we we now know they'll be in Charlotte week one, and that, that, that helps ESPN because, you know, large, largely the SEC network is in Charlotte, so a lot of personnel, a lot of equipment, a lot of things like that, so that's also a home game for them. But an interesting game with, with the prospect of Drew May being a Heisman Trophy candidate. With Florida State and LSU and then Alabama and Texas that you just referred to, what is a bigger game for the SEC, in your opinion, with both of those teams from the conference being national championship contenders? I, I think the biggest game w- will be Alabama-Texas of, of, of the early games. But LSU-Florida State sends somebody to the back of the line for sure but Texas, with what, how they've improved in the offensive and defensive line, and we've been hearing for a while about Texas being back, so we'll see just how far back they really are. It'll come down to Quinn Ewers. Last year, if he doesn't get hurt, they beat Alabama. There's no doubt about that. Brett Norsworthy with us here. He covers Ole Miss football, works on their network broadcast for, for their radio broadcast. Brett, 8-5 and five last year for the, uh, for the Ole Miss Rebels. Got uh, nine returning starters on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Jackson Dart, the quarterback, what what's to be expected this year of the Rebels offensively? I think it should be really really potent, and Jackson Dart will show great improvement. The year two improvement under uh, under Lane Kiffin it really showed for for Matt Corral. I don't I'm not saying that Jackson Dart has a year or anything like 2021 was both uh, production wise or win wise for for Ole Miss with Matt Corral, but I think he can have a a big year. What really helps is is having Quinshawn Judkins back there and really need a second back because last year, Quinshawn Judkins, he started as the second back and then emerged as the first one. Zach Evans was really the first one, and Ulysses Bentley, he must stay well, and they're counting on a true freshman from the Houston area, Kedrick Riscano. So we got to see what he can do for, you know, before he, he gets a lot of playing time. He, he's got to do something to earn it because Quinshawn Judkins quickly earned it last year but there's no way they can run Judkins all year like they ran him down the stretch of the year. I thought in trying to come back at Arkansas last year after just being splattered down 42-6, to six, I thought Ole Miss spent a lot of energy trying to make the scoreboard and the history book look better when everybody knew it was an annihilation. And I thought that took a lot of out of the team for the game just five days later against State on Thanksgiving night. All right, so let me put you in the box here. Compare and contrast, and then tell me which one's better, the duo of 
KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders or Ole Miss's duo with Jackson Dart and Judkins? I think it's KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders starting the year out just from what that what, what's been proved on the field. Uh, that's, both players have played a lot of football, and we know what KJ Jefferson has done in games against Ole Miss. It, you know, he did everything but convert that two point conversion. Uh, two years ago in Oxford, he just played great. You know, right there at home with a lot of family there. I think starting the year out, it's definitely that one-two combo. And that may be the best one-two combo in, in the league and in and in college football. You, you have to look uh, far and wide to find something that matches that. But Darden Judkins good. But I, I would give it to K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders starting the year. Brett Norsworthy with us, Sports 56 in Memphis on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Brett, why was Ole Miss picked above Arkansas, in your opinion? Because the game's at home in Oxford. And if they're in a tie break, if they're in a 4-4 league record, that it probably goes to Ole Miss because of the home game in Oxford. If, it, if the home game had been available, uh, I think most people would have probably picked Arkansas a little uh, if, if they knew what they were voting on. But I question what some people were voting on <laughs> with the number of Vanderbilt voters. But uh, I, I think it's only because it, that, that game is really settled in as a home game. Paul, advantage to the home team. Feinbaum invited the people that voted for Vanderbilt on his show to explain their rationale and reasoning. You've been going to SEC media days for a long time. Should they get their credentials revoked for kind of making a mockery of the standings in the in the uh, in the picks? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, it's ridiculous. Some of the criticism leveled at them. I saw where Chase Goodbread uh, with the Tuscaloosa News came out heavy against them. I think what we should do. I think everybody should be bound to making their ballot public, though. You, you, you don't get credential next year if you don't make your ballot from last year public. I'll be, I'll be glad to show mine. I know there were years that Ole Miss wasn't very good, and they would get a, a first-place a first place vote. And I know who did it. Our public address announcer uh, would, would get credential, and he would go, and he would vote Ole Miss to win every year. And people were running up and down Radio Row asking me if I did that. And I said, no, I didn't do that, and I'm not going to do it. I've never voted Ole Miss one in the West. And, and, but almost as ridiculous as voting old, uh, Vanderbilt uh, one in the East this year was voting A and M to win the West last year. Should those people get their credentials revoked? Uh picking A and M. you know how I feel about A and M, Brett. Year. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about A and M, Brett. So I would be in favor of them getting their credentials revoked. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I'm not revoking anybody's credentials. I, I'm scared that the same people that don't like how you vote at media day may not ha- like how you vote on election day either. Oh, that's fair. Oh, so Tom is asking you about Jackson Dart. Is he locked in as the starter with Sanders and Howard coming in? I mean, are, are we going to see one or two of those guys potentially play for Lane Kiffin this year? You'll see. Yes, you'll. See, I think you'll see both early, especially when you can still kind of save, save that eligibility time. Walker Howard is more for the future. He knew it today that he signed, he was going to be scout team quarterback again at LSU, and he did that last year. Both he and his dad didn't want that role again. Spencer Sanders is warming up in the bullpen. He's there in case of disaster, in case of performance disaster or injury, but opening day quarterback, week two quarterback at Tulane will be Jackson Dark. There's no quarterback battle, and there's not going to be a, a regular dose of, of two quarterbacks. It may be one late in a fourth quarter against Mercer. It may be one uh, late in the game against Georgia Tech. I don't think it'd be Tulane week two because I think that'd be a very competitive game that should come down to the end. And going into that game, the better quarterback's probably Michael Pratt at Tulane. Fred Norsworthy with us on the McClarty-Daniel Hotline. How do you see the West this year? I think Bama and LSU were most people. I mean, just looking at the uh, the returns on the all-SEC ballots, uh, those were most people's picks one and two. How do you see the West this year? I, vote, I voted Bama one. As long as Nick Saban's head coach at Alabama, I'm going to vote him to win the SEC West. And I took the bait again with all the talent and all the stars and the revamped staff, and I voted Texas A&M two in the West. Hmm. What is it about LSU you think is missing? N- not much. Just, uh, just Maybe just the, the, the tough break or two, the tough break like having to go to Tuscaloosa 
I think they lose that win. And A&M's got a little bit of a thing against them. Look, if A&M beats you last year, they've got something on you. And they did that last year at Baton Rouge with LSU already set to go to Atlanta. I think A&M gets them again this year. They won last year at home, and they, they get them again this year when, when A&M goes to Baton Rouge. That, that's become a pretty good rivalry. And no, nobody nobody likes Jimbo, so everybody's up for that game. So LSU fans will be ready for that. But I, I got I got A&M 10 and 2 in the West, and the big step up it, it will be the play of Connor Wegman, and also I think the freshman of the year in the SEC will be Ruben Owens, the tailback, the five star tailback A&M has. Over in the East, I mean Georgia's by far everyone's pick, but Tennessee has 62 returning lettermen, 12 returning starters. Any chance that, you know, Georgia, with their light schedule in most people's opinion, any any chance at all in your mind Tennessee could somehow eke out the East? Uh, yes, I, I voted Tennessee to win the East. I think Tennessee will lose to Badman the regular season game but beat Georgia at Neyland in late November and win the East because of that. And we'll have a Tennessee-Alabama rematch in the last year of division play, which is, which is which is kind of rich because we, we we thought we would get it early in SEC play, especially in the nineties when both were real good and and Peyton Manning was at Tennessee never never got it and in the last year of divisions I'm calling for the the third Saturday in October to meet again on the first Saturday in December and then in the rematch Tennessee get revenge over the regular season and I I, I, I voted Tennessee. To win the SEC, hope nobody wants to revoke my credentials for that. <laughs> Joe, so you're a Joe Milton believer, it sounds like, because I've heard I've heard some interesting takes. I know uh, Jordan Rogers thinks he might be the best quarterback in college football. Sure, sounds like based on how you laid that out, do you think Milton's going to pick up right where Hooker left off? Yeah, I, I went full Tennessee, and you know I've never been confused as a Tennessee lackey. But I had Coach of the Year Josh Eiffel. I got Offensive Player of the Year Joe Milton. Mississippi State's an intriguing team, Brett. They were picked last once again. Nine out of the 12 times, last time Media Days has gone on, they've been picked last. Do Will Rogers and company finish last in the West? I, I have them last, uh, but I do have them winning the Egg Bowl at home in Starkville. But I have them two and six in the league, and that you know that's losing at Fayetteville to Arkansas when they played only two SEC wins. I have them with is Kentucky at home and Ole Miss at home Thanksgiving night. But Will Rogers may be one of the most underappreciated players ever, and I think it's because of his size. He is a he's a smaller player, but he, he knows where the ball's going. But they're changing their offense a little bit. I don't I don't expect him to be ground chuck this year, but they're not going to throw it near as much as they would have with the late Mike Leach. Brad, we plan on seeing you at Oxford this fall. Arkansas fans make that trip, especially in the in the central Arkansas area, with it being as close as it is to Memphis. What is the one place that Razorback fans need to stop at prior to the game in Oxford or after, for that matter? In, in Oxford itself, I, I, the, the square. Just go to the square and, and, and enjoy that, and take take it in and and have fun with it. It is a game that Central Arkansas and the last few people living in Eastern Arkansas. <laughs> Really do, really do enjoy. Uh, it, it has a game that dates back to playing in Memphis and in Little Rock and and, and Jackson and even in bowl games and, and Sugar Bowls. I love that game. I don't know why so many people on both sides are so resistant to embracing to, to embracing that game as a rivalry. Because it always turns into a wild, fun game. It has been the best over the Egg Bowl, over the Golden Boot, over any other game that Arkansas has played, and I think for Ole Miss too. It has been competitively the best game in the last two decades. You look it's at score. That it has has been tied, and I, I don't know why fans on each on both sides would just refuse to kind of acknowledge the other. Oh. Right. I'm just glad the bridge is back open for football season <laughs> for in Memphis. Memphis. That's the Woo. main thing: is the bridge is back open. Tommy, I, I want to know who broke our bridge and why they did it, because that was a, a mess. On, on a good day, it's hard to get over the old bridge, but then when you get the new bridge closed and the, the, the 55 bridge, it is a mess Ugh. right now. I, 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 would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anybody trying to take it, because they're, they're redoing that whole cloverleaf on the Tennessee side. But finally, we got the bridge back open. You know, in Memphis, it, it, it's tough for us to get the bridges open and the lights on. So, well, I'm glad it's it's ready for football season this year. 
Brad, it was great to see you in Nashville last week. We uh, look forward to seeing you in Oxford later on this season. Your listeners are really fortunate to have y'all. I know how hard y'all work and how diligent you are and how professional you are, and it was great seeing you guys. You said it just like I wrote it. I appreciate that. Text in the mail, Brett. <laughs> good stuff again from uh, Brett Norsworthy here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. A, a good guy and uh, oh, one of the best. He's one a, of you, you've known him for you known him for a while now. L- long times. My dad sent me this yesterday, Tommy. It is on the subject of food. It's National Wine and Cheese Day. What is the best alcohol food combination? I've, I've beer seen, and pizza. <laughs> that's what I had down. I mean, that's mine. Wings and beer. I mean, I, I don't know. Here's, I, I, I'm not. You know, wine and cheese really in my go-to. I, you know, I, I somehow, some way uh, managed that that was probably going to be the case. Yeah. Baylor Brad says Havarti <laughs> cheese. And Keen Estate Pinot Grigio. Ooh. That is his combo. Baylor Brad can, live in the highlight. Yes, man. Havarte? Havarte cheese. He loves cheese. <laughs> Pardon big, me. <laughs> big cheese guy. He's he's eliminated uh, from his diet for the most part. Dairy. He, he splurges, I think, like once a month. Can they I get, get some uh, Velveeta and some Vel- Ripple? Easy. Some Boone's Farm and some Velveeta, please. Here's some other combos I had. Rum and chicken. Red wine. I think red rum, wine. Rum and chicken? Yeah. I've never heard anyone ever say that before red wine and pasta i feel like okay. that's a really good combo tacos and margaritas yeah and martinis and oysters okay are, are some of the combos that we red, know red wine and a steak go well together okay red wine and a steak now, I, I you know we're not big wine drinkers at the house i don't know my wife used to like wine i don't know she shifted some some time ago i guess living with me makes you move on to the hard stuff but um you know white wine goes with fish and chicken i guess I, I'm not a big Perry, but I don't know the difference in Mer- Merlot and Cabernet. So, I mean, it, you know, someone has to help me with, with these things. I don't mind a good glass of wine, but I'm not the guy to pick it out or pair it up. Yeah, I don't either. Let's go so, to the, a Samier, I am not. Let's go to the McCarty Dan Hotline. Let's see. Chad in Texarkana, catfish and beer. I uh, love bees, grapefruit okay. and vodka, of course, the food, <laughs> alcohol combination. Bill from Northeast Arkansas says beer and crawdads, I guess. Chuck and Green. You a crawdad guy? I, I'll eat them, but I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't go out of my way to do it. Uh, Chuck says a, uh, a Papa's trash can pizza and a 32-ounce Blue Moon. Mm. I like Blue Any Moon. Any pizza at Papa's and a cold beer go together. Yeah. I mean. I like Blue Moon, um, so I'll do that shock top as well. But I, I, I would say pizza and beer is probably my one. But and then I would. We don't have. I I bet we don't have a lot of wine and cheese drinkers, particularly at 6:48 a.m. I don't imagine a lot of our audience are. uh, they're, they're more about a beer pairing than a, than, a, yeah. than a wine pairing. I think tacos and margaritas are definitely up there. If you get a jalapeno margarita and a uh, couple tacos, that would be uh, that's definitely up on my list. But there's plenty of good alcohol food combos out there. But like you said, I don't, I don't think I think our audience is much more apt to get a pizza beer combo than a charcuterie board wine combo. Even though you like a good charcuterie board. I mean, if, if there's females what? around and they want it, it female it, it is insane. My female friends are obsessed with charcuterie, and I don't mind it. Mm. But it's like every time we go to a place that has it, it has to get ordered. Especially like this weekend, we ordered charcuterie three times over the course of the weekend, and I I hadn't eaten it all year until yeah. this point. Tony in Greenwood texts in says dark chocolate in a red wine blend. He's he's right on that. And he also says bourbon and ice go well together. Bourbon so and ice. I agree with both of those, uh, Tony. But um, we got into a, I don't know, a, about a month-long cycle of charcuterie boards at our house. We'd go to Sam's and, and we'd buy some of that cheese your dad likes. You got they. a cheese aisle. Uh-huh. You'd buy two or three or they'd sell you a wheel of cheese. You'd go over there to the... To the lunch meats, you buy some pepperoni and some salami, and you make you a nice little board at night. And we thought, man, this is a good healthy dinner. And then we we realized it probably wasn't very good for us in the end. But but it was a it was a nice summer, you know, light meal, you know, rather than eating a, a big old meal at night. Dennis in Springdale, he prefers a cigar and a port, so not even you know, a, not even a food. And, but that's his. Uh, and and you said what was it, Tony? That liked the yeah. chocolate. We got another text from Jason Boundview that enjoys uh, chocolate, but he prefers it with uh, beer. I've never beer had and chocolate. I've never had mm. beer and, and chocolate out of my way before. But we've gotten plenty again. These are kind of these are all oh, we always get unique texts whenever we discuss food or alcohol. And this once again 
is unique because we're getting text combinations that I haven't even thought of before, but evidently these are uh, what people well, like to enjoy. Wine and cheese day. Just give me a box of yeah. wine and uh, some of them craft singles. I it, think that would be more up our alley. That's, yeah, gr- <laughs> grilled, grilled cheese and a beer. It's also yeah. culinarians day. Um, what do you cook the best? Uh, mine is a spaghetti mm. with different meats, mushrooms, and veggies, the combinations. That was something I really started doing my sophomore year of college, and I've gotten to the point where it's it's not perfected, but it's 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 really good, or at least I think it is. That's my best meal. It's what I enjoy the most. What do you cook the best? It's what? Culinarians Day for those listening. My kids and my family request pulled pork, so a, a smoked pork butt, or, or ribs, baby back ribs is is probably number one and one A at my house. So they if they say, Dad, will you know if they come to me and say, Will you cook this? Those are generally the two things they ask for. I enjoy cooking a pot of gumbo or a pot of chili the most. So if you said, Hey, what do you want to cook? Probably some gumbo would be number one on my list. I I don't think I don't I, I don't know that it's the best thing I make, but it's the thing I enjoy the most. Your your chili's really good. Have you brought in gumbo? I, I know you've talked about cooking. I don't mm. think you've actually brought in any. I think I waited until the day you were gone and then brought it in. Well, that's so. just not very nice. <laughs> that's just that. That's I'll make it's not it's not gumbo weather yet, but I'll make a pot yeah. soon. It is it is coming up, and again we've got college football fastly approaching. They announced yesterday Charlotte, North Carolina is going to be home for the first college game day featuring the Gamecocks and the North Carolina Tar Heels, which should be an intriguing game. Again, week one is not as good as week one last year or even week two this upcoming year, but we did get that. We're going to get into some of our favorite uh, stuff about game day, not the game itself, because, of course, everyone will say, well, it's the players, it's the coach, it's the game itself, but some of the other stuff. Again, it's getting here before we know. We're less than 40 days out, 39 days till Arkansas football, even less than that till college football season. Time to plan those uh, tailgate menus. So, I mean, but don't put wine and cheese on your uh, tailgate menu list. That's a Virginia thing, when right? You, yeah, and sailgating in Waco, Texas at Baylor. When you get asked, hey, will you bring something to tailgate? What do you bring? When someone says, hey, will you just bring something? What What do you well, I mean, beer, grab? Beer's never pissed anyone off. No. I mean, if you just show up with a pack of 30 six pack, pack right? of, no, 30 pack, don't show up with a six pack. You'll be that guy forever known as that guy. Uh, show up with a 30 pack of Mick Ultra. That makes everyone happy. Bag of chips, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, Depending on where you got to park, I mean, you got to coat this stuff too, right? Yeah. So, be some long walks up on the hill. Yeah. It's part of, it, unless you get in the uh, the transit. Now, I don't know if they they're allowed beer in the transit so. service. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we just had on Brett Norsworthy with us who does radio in Memphis, Bruce, and he has Tennessee losing to Alabama in the third Saturday of October game, beating Georgia in November, and then rematching in against the Crimson Tide, beating them in the SEC Championship. That is his pick this year. Hey, whatever he was drinking this morning, I want some of it. I want some of I'm that. I don't know. I'm I, not buying that. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm lining up more with you and with Tommy and Chuck on the Alabama and the Georgia thing. I, I don't see the chinks in the armor. Like you don't see it? No. I, I well, think now, I, now, now, Ty does. That's what I mean. He's, he, he's, at least he's, Bet Saracen, he's taking six losses yeah, he's for got, Alabama. He's got Bama going seven and five. So. <laughs> But, yeah, nine but, and three. We just want to reiterate I'm gonna, I'm that. I'm going to tell you, if Bama's, nine and three, but finishing Bama is going to win at least one game this year. It's going to be against Tennessee. I just think they are motivated. There, there will be a circle, just like Tennessee is going to whip South Carolina, like they've never been whipped before. Mm-hmm. Alabama is going to whip Tennessee, dude. That's not a circle. That's a moat. That's a moat. <laughs> <laughs> they've dug a moat in the Gators. Game. <laughs> the Gators are uh, are coming. What are some other intriguing? matchups that you've kind of got circled this fall I, like, I mean i heard y'all earlier talking about north carolina south carolina that's actually a big game uh i, I think uh for, for mac brown and in acc to save any kind of face early and, and then the florida state lsu game those are big games for the acc to kind of reestablish themselves uh you know spencer rattler's coming into that game i'm sure south carolina is going to be favored that that that's a big game because if South Carolina wants to compete uh, in the SEC East, which I think they they beat Tennessee like yard dogs last year, uh, you know they got Georgia early. I think uh, I think that's a big game. It might not have national appeal, but I think that'll be an exciting game. It's in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's in Charlotte, neutral, it's a neutral game. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that'll be packed. It'll be a, it'll be a great. The thing about Williams Bryce, those people, they can go. Three and nine, and they're going to pack that thing out more than probably they've they've dealt with losing as well as any fan base South Carolina because they just keep coming. It's crazy. I like that game. Yeah, North Carolina, South Carolina should be a should be a fun one. Well, uh, we haven't done this in in quite some time, Bruce. We're going to get into our Pradco Pyramid of Power. Uh, all right, so the Pradco Pyramid of Power. We're just going to do the teams. I think we'll do maybe coaches, quarterbacks, and things like that. Okay. Right, the right, best basketball teams in the SEC. Man, this ain't basketball. Basketball? Who did Football. this? Who's in charge Let's of this? Perhaps I could be of some assistance. That's time. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. There you go. Need a little update on that, big boy. All right, uh, here's where we're going to start. I'm going to do them one through 14, but start at the top tier. I don't know how you take George off the top tier until someone proves otherwise, right? I mean, they got... They got their full staff back. They got six returning starters on offense, seven on defense. They got 54 returning lettermen. Um, I know there's some questions with the Carson Beck and quarterback, but their defense is going to keep them in about every game. Until you tell me otherwise, George is at the top of the heap, and I just, I just don't think it's a Three of the first four all-SEC defensive backs are in Athens. Oh, and by the way, you know, Fayetteville High's got a harder schedule than Georgia. It's the this easiest year. schedule. <laughs> yeah, so. Those Ark Hillbillies have a harder schedule. Right. I they, mean, they, so, they, play, they got to play Boonville. So, I mean, you know, the, the reality is Georgia's schedule uh, till the very end. I mean, then they're going to have to play someone in an SEC championship game. They got to play Tennessee along the way. But, you know, then they're going to have to prove it against LSU or Bama, most likely. And they're going to playoff, and then they can prove it. But till then, Georgia's at the top of the heap. I got LSU and Bama on tier two. Because I think those are the best two teams uh, behind Georgia in this league. Ba- you know, I- I'm not buying into to, to Bama's demise is getting ready to unfold. I know they don't know who their quarterback necessarily is going to be. Um, they have no idea. Saban has no idea. Don't sugarcoat well, it. He has no idea well, I think he if has it's going to be Simpson, 
Buckner or Milrow. I guess Buckner no or Milrow. But, yeah, we'll see. But uh, they still got they still got ten returning starters on this team. I think that Bama's got enough of a foundation, and they got Nick Saban. They're going they're going to be just fine. Here, here's my deal with LSU, and everybody's on this LSU thing. The last time I saw LSU, because I quit watching them after Tennessee beat them forty to thirteen in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. they, they got whooped, and I just. To me, they were irrelevant after that point. Yeah, they beat Alabama. I think they lost to Texas A&M in their last game. But they didn't. I think everybody's just – I think they're over the top on LSU. I, I don't see it. Everybody's talking Best quarterback playoff. in the league. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. Seen Fayetteville? I don't think so. All right, so where are you going? <laughs> What's the best quarterback here? You just knocked out, up. You just knocked out the kid in LSU. Hey, you just knocked out the kid hey, in Fayetteville. I, I, don't say, don't I, say I, what I, I think you're I've to seen say. him in person twice. Oh, I, I'm very impressed with him. So, so who, who is it? It's Big Joe, man. All right. Uh, there's Joe. Big I was Joe. waiting on it. All uh, right, so let's drop down hey, to two he three. Did, he did the uh, Ryan Mallet thing. He played JV football at Michigan. Then he came to the SEC. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen, Mills a, a quality quarterback. We saw what he did at Clemson in that bowl game, but I – I got to see what he can do against. I want to see Vanderbilt. what he can do with the SEC team. You said Vanderbilt. <laughs> he can he can have a Hendon Hooker type of performance like against Alabama, like he well, did. Then here's we can start talking. here's the thing: Tennessee quarterback, they will get a chance to be Hendon Hooker because that's the offense. But they don't have a Blitnikoff Award winner on the outside to throw the ball to. Hey. They got Bruce McCoy's good, they but got he's not. Squirrel. Yeah, he's not. Uh, they're they're going to be all right. Yeah, they'll be good. I'm again. I'm, I got him beating Georgia, but I don't know if I could say Milton is going to be first team All SEC. All right, so Georgia at the top, Bama and LSU tier two of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Then tier three, Tennessee, Arkansas, and South Carolina. Big Joe, as you said, is there. Sixty-two, second most, uh, or may actually be the the most returning Letterman are at Tennessee with sixty-two. Twelve returning starters. I think Tennessee's amongst that uh, next group, and they just got to sort it out. I got Arkansas in there with KJ and and their group, and then South Carolina. I think is going to be sneaky good this year. And you mentioned that North Carolina game. That's their first chance to prove it. I like their schedule. They have home games against State, Mississippi State, Florida, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. They ought to win those four. They go to Georgia. They go to Knoxville. That's tough. Those will be big-time losses. But you get but you get four games at home in SEC well, play. You should I, I hear win. You. The, 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 and the, you don't always get the, that. The North Carolina game is crucial for them. Mm-hmm. If they win that, I think they got momentum. If they lose, it's going to be tough. I think Tennessee's nine or ten wins. I think they're going to lose to Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, will they slip up against someone else? Probably not non-conference, but you know, there, there's there's always some uh, uh, tricky road games in the SEC. South Carolina, yeah, Arkansas, they probably have the most to prove on that list. Yeah. And, and Arkansas they gets the nod because of KJ they, and because of Rocky. But they got to win close games. All right, tell me which of these next four teams that I've got on tier four belong in tier three. I got A&M, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, because of coaching and their offensive and defensive line could be there. Uh, they're, they're kind of struggling again to win the big games. And uh, Texas they, A&M's Kentucky got the does have 10 returning starters they on do. offense. They do. And that Can line. anyone name their quarterback? That line, nope. That line's impressive. <laughs> I couldn't either Devin, tell. I looked it up. I think it's what, Devin Leary? You got it. Senior quarterback. So, I mean. But A&M's got the talent. You know, they got your ex-coach down there. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen, but he's got something to work with. So, you, did you and vote? 20 Ar- returning starters for A&M. By yeah. Way. Did you vote Arkansas above A&M, Tommy, in, media, in Nashville? Uh, No. But you have them above A&M in the He's pyramid power. The, what's the home crowd over here? It's advertisers. Uh, I I hate saying that A&M <laughs> is above Arkansas, I have, I had, but go ahead. I had Arkansas at fourth. I think yeah, I had A&M at third okay. in, the, in the conference, yeah, in, the, I, in the division, rather. I have Arkansas at fourth behind it. it Arkansas has got to find a way to start winning that game. I mean, it, that, that has been – A&M coming to the league, no one wants to admit this – has been the biggest hindrance on Arkansas football or since winning at Missouri. Yeah. Or winning they can't do either. Missouri. They can't be either team but, that entered the but, league. But A and M, that's a toss up. You you've got to win some games at Missouri. It's Missouri. It is. It is an embarrassment that the Arkansas football has never won in Tus- or never won in Columbia since they joined the league. And it's also embarrassing that they have as bad as a record they do against the Aggies. And the Tigers since they I joined. I think you could take people's money on that bet. No one would believe that. They have won. Think about this, y'all. Combined, they have won three games against Texas A&M and Missouri since they joined the league. Three times. That's you've been Missouri 
once under Sam Pittman, once under Brett Bielema, and you've beaten A&M once under Sam Pittman. You're talking about on the road. That is it. On no, 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 total. Total beating Missouri. Total. Twice since they've joined the league. You've never beaten them on the road. Ever. That's crazy. Since they joined I would, the league. I would not have believed that. Three times since 2012. That is a joke. It is a joke. It's, tw- it's 20, what is that, 22 games? Three times? I mean, you beat <laughs> LSU that much. They beat LSU more. That's what I mean. You would beat LSU. That doesn't make sense. <sighs> you beat them more sense. down there. Yeah. You won in Baton Rouge 2021, 2015. Ugh, that drives me insane. Three times, Tommy. Three times since they've joined the league, you've beaten Missouri and Texas A&M. All right, speaking of Missouri, let's talk about the bottom tier of the SEC. Here are the four teams I got on the, the in the bottom four. Y'all tell me if tell me where I'm wrong. Florida, Missouri, Auburn, and Vandy. Ooh, Florida. That's a. I mean, you would not think they would be in the bottom tier. Maybe they're. I think maybe they'll have a better season than Mississippi State or Ole Miss. I think. I think they got talent. I like Napier. I hope Tennessee beats them, but but I just tend to think they're going to be better in bottom four. Really? I told Tommy this, and initially he was kind of like, I don't agree with that, and I think I've got him coming around. That's Arkansas's easiest road game this year is in Gainesville. Now, well, yeah, by default. That's never an easy game. But you, yeah. just just listen. That's one of those never things won there. you have to – you initially hear, and you're like, there's no way that's true. But if you look at where they're going, to Tuscaloosa. No, you're, you're right. To Baton Rouge – to Oxford, that's their easy. You get them after Georgia, and you get them after your bye week. That is the easiest road game, and easy is a relative term because no game in the road wow. on the road in the SEC is easy. Yeah. That is Arkansas's easiest road game. I don't know. It's probably been since the '80s since someone called Florida their easiest road game, or when Muschamp was there. I think. Well, I was no. I'm talking about the '80s. I think when Galen Hall was there, they went like oh ten and one one year. Yeah, they went winless. Or Charlie Pell, yeah, someone Arkansas, back in there. What Arkansas won is it two or three? They won the Blue Bonnet Bowl. They they beat them when Bealum was here in Fayetteville, 2016. Yeah, I think there's only been two two all time wins against Florida ever. That's it. I believe that's right. You said it wrong. Was you one should... of those the Bua game? He like. You lost. No, 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 you lost that game when Matt Jones kind of let him oh, back. Remember, and then Bua hit him in, in the in the yeah, you, uh, yeah, the late hit. Yeah, late hit. I believe there's only two all-time wins against Florida. It's no more than three. Well, but I believe but it's just two. That, you've never you won. You only never won in games. You only play them like every five or six years, right? Right. But, yeah. But you've been in the league thirty. Yeah. That's, well, yeah that's <laughs> so, true. wow. All right. So where am I right? Where am I wrong on the uh, the Pradco pyramid of power? I mean, I think other than the intro, where are we wrong? I give you, right. I give you an A minus. I, I still think Florida's better than okay. Mississippi State. Right. That that'd be one I'd probably change. I might what be a about Mississippi iffy. State? Do you not like uh, you know a team that what won well, nine last year? Got Will Rogers. I mean, he's he's gone. Okay, that, that's a big difference. That's a big deal. It's like you're going to be talking about Alabama when Saban leaves. Well, to your um, point, we saw what happened when Bobby left here. I so was going to say everyone had a lot of great players. Yeah. where was Arkansas? In 2012 preseason, you're in the top 10. It was either top, top 10, 10 or in the two, SEC or no, in the no, country. No, 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 no. Preseason, Arkansas, it was either top 10 or f- top 15. You're talking about going into Tyler Wilson senior yeah. year. Yeah, okay. senior year. Yeah. T-Dubs last no, they were, year. They were, high, they were, they were eight, highly regarded. They were eight in the country. We, highly regarded. We highly underestimated how valuable that was to Tommy's well, point. But, but, but you didn't have an entire offseason to put a staff together. You didn't have a transfer portal then. Um, and let's just face it, Bobby Petrino had a bunch of also-rans as his assistants. Then you bring in another oh, one with John okay. L. So it's a different you're, set of circumstances, no, you're, you're I believe. you proving all my point. You got a yeah. Rembrandt in, in uh, the Pirate, and, and now you don't. Well, I'm not saying you took that, a step probably, up. That's probably three or four games, I think. So you, you think they're la- they got voted last in the SEC West? So you think they'll they should like- be, yes. Okay. Yes. Even with probably the... Third or fourth best quarterback in the league. It doesn't matter. Okay, I guess. I mean, Tyler. Not without, they're home. Not without the offense. Well, I say that. I'll Here, make. Here's the difficult part for Mississippi State. Their home SEC games: Bama, LSU, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. They've got to beat Ole Miss and Kentucky at home to have any semblance of a season. Because you're not going to beat LSU and Bama in Starkville. Oh, man, this is... So they got to find a way to win on the road, and one place they don't need them to win is Fayetteville. Without without the Pirate, right? Yeah, that's that's. No, I think they're in the bottom. I'd put Florida ahead of them. I really struggle putting Arkansas right. on that third deck. I, I think that's going to be tough when you got A and M sitting there. Got to beat those Aggies, man. It's the it's McElroy said it best. 
you got all these Texas kids that were considering both schools, and now you got to deal with Texas. Now you got to deal with Oklahoma. You got to start beating Texas A&M. But you, you know, got to beat Missouri. And you look at the games that match up those seven or eight schools there. Those those are going to be the, probably the, the most entertaining games and the most critical games in the league this year. Yeah, the highest leverage games in this league when A&M and Arkansas play. When, you know, I, will will Georgia even play a close game? I think what wasn't their tough well, game last you know, year? Missouri, Missouri close, almost beat yeah, them. Missouri yeah. had them until the fourth quarter, and then they fell apart. They said lose. that last year, but then they had some games where you know they just kind of coasted. I mean, they beat Tennessee twenty-seven to thirteen, but it was a blowout. It wasn't even close. Even though you look at the score, oh, yeah. that's a good game. No, y'all didn't, y'all's offense didn't get going until no, like the fourth. Never got going. They'll they'll play a close game this year in Knoxville, and they'll lose that close game. Okay, well, I hope you're right, but I, I, don't, I don't I don't think they will. It's well, just a matter of Tennessee will lose and Tuscaloosa. It's a matter of if they don't lose another game. Good then, start on the Praco Pyramid of Power. All right. Yeah. A minus, I'll a take minus. it. I think yeah. we did get a lot of A's and A minuses yeah. uh, back in the day. So but we're journalism majors. Tommy. Hey, we, we make. We didn't get those. Tommy, we make the grades now. We set our own grades. We don't have the we teachers and <laughs> professors do that. It's always good. Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try in your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roll. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. When the Bradco Pyramid of Power comes back, you know it's almost football season. 39 days out. We've got a treat for you tomorrow at AM. Coach Pittman's going to join us, going to get some recap from last week. He, even after, what, six, seven hours of doing media interviews, is still kind enough to yeah. hop on with us. Chuck will be back with us, of course, and I know he's excited to, to talk with Coach and kind of get back in the rhythm of things. We were He was joking with Coach Muss a couple weeks ago when we had him on about doing this a few times. Well, he's, he's done a few of these with Coach as well. Yeah, so uh, this will be fun, and uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow, what time will Coach join Yep, 8 o'clock tomorrow. 8 o'clock tomorrow. Yep. Uh, we got Sam Pittman with us on the McClarty-Daniel Hotline tomorrow at 8 here on the Morning Rush. Yeah, and speaking of the McClarty-Daniel Hotline, we got a point from Jason in northwest Arkansas talking about the LSU game, and I've thought about this. When you get these guys in week four, and this it, it's such important. Arkansas doesn't necessarily have to win these, that game. You can't get housed. And I know LSU's going to be good this year. I have them winning the SEC championship, but you can't get clobbered in that game because that stretch we know is the worst stretch in college football. Your depth is not LSU's depth. Luckily, you don't have to worry about depth as much because it's the fourth game of the season. You have three non-conference games. BYU game the week before is not exactly going to be a cakewalk. LSU goes to Starkville. Now, I know you'd probably much rather play them Alabama after Alabama or much rather play them after the, the 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 Friday after Thanksgiving. But I think there's some benefit to playing LSU early from the sense that I don't know if they're going to be fully materialized yet. 
And I don't think you have the injuries necessarily that you might later in the season when the depth is simply not what LSU has in Baton Rouge. I thought Matt Muscona, who joined us at SEC Media Days, our, uh, our friend from ESPN Radio down in Baton Rouge, summed it up pretty nice. You know, LSU's always played Arkansas after the Bama game or on a Friday Thanksgiving week. There's always been something about that game when you play Arkansas. It's something before or after or just the day it was played on. This time you get their full focus. There is, there's nothing in the schedule in front of or behind that would grab LSU's attention even more. It's early in the year. I still think weather is more of a factor than we realize. It's going to be hot and humid here. It's even more hot, even more humid mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge, even in September. Uh, it might be the worst weather game you play this year uh, in some regards. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a very tough game in Baton Rouge. Do you play, Garth, if Arkansas finds a way to win that game? Or, or rejoins and hog reaction just Baton Rouge by Garth Brooks. Is that all we're playing? Well, that or celebrates we still, them. Even though you're winning in Baton Rouge, I didn't know if there was That's a... That's their song, not our song. Arkansas's had fun in Baton Rouge, though. I mean... Well, it's been a this, place... There's been success. I mean, had, of the conference powers, and I consider LSU amongst the conference powers, you've had more success against them than anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, <laughs> think about what Bruce brought up. You have tied. I think it's tied. I don't think it's the more wins since Texas A and M and Texas A and M and Missouri have joined the league. You've been LSU the same number of times that you've been both those schools. You've been LSU in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Been LSU in twenty fifteen, and you beat them in two thousand and twenty one. You have beaten them as many times as you've been two schools that you play every single year. That you feel you're better than. Yes. Yeah, and I and Arkansas. That's why it's sports. It's why you don't play the games on paper. Yeah, Clay's taught me this. I just assume because of the games that I've watched for the most part. I mean, in pre Southwest Conference day or post Southwest Conference days, that A and M was always a big rivalry. Clay's kind of laid out the history for me. You used to whoop A and M's tail pretty much yeah. every year. Now well, they look at the series record. Yeah. I mean, it's so lopsided in Arkansas's favor. I mean, A and M has has made up some ground over the yeah. last ten years. And it's still not close. Yeah, and I think they got the better of us maybe one year when Grovey was playing quarterback or something, but that, like, consistently you beat those guys. And that's what's, again, so perplexing about what they've done to you since 2012. You can't can't beat them. And it's, it's aggravating, it's frustrating, you win the most excruciating ways possible. And you don't need that in addition to now Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league where you're probably going to play Texas each and every year. You need to beat those Texas schools. You don't need to walk into a Texas kid's house in high school that's debating between you, A&M, or going to Austin, and then lose to those guys every year or lose to one of them every year. There needs to be some back and forth when it comes to that. I I think there can be, but there hasn't been with the Aggies. No, but I don't think that's been... That hasn't obviously set you back a a great deal in recruiting, but I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's a bigger deal for the portal now because that's the immediate here and yeah, now. So, I mean, point. we got to think about portal and how it also affects there as well because that can transform your team faster than anything. Yep. That is your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends. If this button would work for me, dang, Flavit, Christian, we worked out for me. Um, it's brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. All right, Tommy. So, we mentioned a few holidays this morning. I do also want to mention the uh, the transition of Twitter. We've talked about rebranding before. Mm-hmm. You said, is New Coke the worst rebrand ever? I know you've, you've talked about that before where it's just the, the, the product. It's a really bad idea. Yeah, it's just not good. I mean, when I was high as a kid, everybody boycotted against that. What about the uh, some of them? Maybe it was sport. the genius deal because they sold a bunch of Coke Classic off the shelf and then... Created a new brand with Coke Classic. I is, don't know. Is the Black Bear for Old Miss or the Land Shark a worse rebrand? That's not really the, a rebrand. They haven't actually they, changed their mascot. Well, they they had to on the field at least. But do you think it's? That's, but they're still the Old Miss Rebels. So it's still what's. But they had to change their mascot, so they had to rebrand their. That's mascot. not a rebrand, in my opinion. Okay, so in sports, then what's a what's a worse rebrand than that? I think it, one of them could be the college football playoff. Well, the Cleveland Guardians might be up there, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's a the that's, Washington Commanders. I think is by far number one. I actually like the Washington Football Team. I thought that well, was the new know, owners are going to change it because again, it's so bad. Yeah, you know, I uh, the Commanders. I, I wouldn't. It's just whatever. I actually thought the Washington Football Team was kind of rustic sounding. Yeah. 
I thought it was cool. And I better I know, than Commander. I know Bruce Stanton, Pratco Fishing. He's a big Washington fan, so that was something we discussed a little bit. I uh, yeah. I to me the BC, rebranding from the BCS. They should have just done the BCS formula to four teams instead of two. That's all they should have done. But it said okay. college football playoff committee comes in. You've got different members who have extensive college football backgrounds. Well, they didn't want anonymous power. And all these writers and people with with ballots out here that Mm -hmm. were more or less anonymous, they wanted to spotlight the power. They wanted to seize the power with the selected few on that committee. And that's what they did. Yeah. I just, I I think that rebranding is, uh, is not good. Is there anything else I'm missing sports rise? Those are the four or five that had. I mean, I would consider that a restructuring with the BCS more than a rebrand, but, uh, and they, they did rebrand from BCS to CF College Football Playoff CFP, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand this Twitter X, going to X thing. I mean, I think Twitter, I think Twitter's made some 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 head scratching decisions. This is this is amongst them. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Elon is far beyond my head when it comes to his decision making. But his wallet's a lot thicker than mine. Yes, though. it is. So no it question about is. that. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Let's welcome in Tom Murphy into the conversation this morning. Tom, Arkansas on Friday was announced as the team the media selected as the fifth team in the SEC West. If given the choice of finishing higher than that, finishing lower than that, or pushing that this upcoming season, where would you put Arkansas at heading into 2023? Hey, guys. Good morning. And I'm uh, pretty sure some of that intro was that uh, karaoke song you might have been singing to in Nashville, <laughs> by the way, Ty. Yeah, you're using, um, the, word, you're using the word sing loosely yeah, there, Tom. It sounded, it sounded way better than that, Tom. Come on. <laughs> um, let's see. I would probably go, you know, I, I feel good. When you have a senior quarterback who's been through the wars and, um, you know, a productive running back, a great running back crew, and uh, decent returning uh, returners along the offensive line, you feel like, They'll be in decent shape. The answer being, um, if they can be better on defense, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the uh, more, more than better than fifth place okay. would be my, well, my, my, my guess. Where did you vote Arkansas on your ballot? I cannot. I mean, I think maybe fourth. Okay. Um, I know that I picked LSU to win the division because when I started looking at their roster and what Brian Kelly did in year one, and, and they've, they've upgraded. Their, their O-line is back. Jaden Daniels is back. I like the running back crew. They've got great receivers. So their offense should be pretty pretty snapping. And then um, I think defensively, you know, they get Mason Smith back on the defensive front. Uh, Makai Wingo had a good season. I mean, so I think their interior is covered. Uh, I'm, I'm going on and on about saying I picked LSU uh, over Bama. And three um, – I cannot remember if I went. You know, you, you're you're turned out if you don't go vote through the the preseason All SEC team and your predicted order of finish. You get timed out, mm-hmm. and so you're in a hurry. And I I voted either Arkansas or uh, probably Ole Miss number three, if I remember right. Come. Huh. 
Well, Tom, kind of on the basis of that, everyone that I've talked to, the first thing they say about Arkansas is that quarterback-running back duel. What's the second thing fans should take solace in heading into this year? What should be the second thing that pops in people's head when talking about this football team, giving them belief that they're going to have success? Yeah, so if I was ranking their position groups, I would put those two well up there, probably running back first. And then, I mean, even though KJ at number one is a strong number one, a little bit of unproven in the Jacoby Chriswell, uh, Cade Fortin combo at backup quarterback, um, Malachi Singleton also being in there. But um, I think I would probably go with defensive ends next. And that's because I think Landon Jackson, uh, talking to him, in Nashville, you just got the sense that kid's ready to have a breakout year, you know, in terms of being a leader, in terms of being a tough-to-block guy. So I would say that because there's there's questions in the secondary, even though I think they like their cornerback situation. It was still a secondary that ranked, well, you know, a defense that ranked last in the country and yardage allowed through the air. And then even though I like Paul and who they've added at linebacker, Greer, Thomas, and so on, and and Jordan Crook coming up, um, still unproven. And so, obviously, receiving core, still a little bit unproven as well. In fact, you know, even though I I think they're going to be okay at receiver, people from the outside would look in and go, wow, you lost Landers, you lost Hazelwood, you lost Keytron Jackson. You know, where is the production going to come? And I think Jadon Wilson had had a tweet the other day that was like, I see, I see all, and I read all, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to go play. So, uh, Wilson was a the guy they were talking up over the winter, and he broke his leg and wasn't able to go through spring. So, if he's back healthy, you know, add him to the Bryce Stevens, Isaiah Satania, Armstrong, Te- Tesla, and you got a decent core. So, yep, I would go, I would go tailback, quarterback, DN. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline this morning talking about the Razorbacks 39 days away. Tom, we were talking about the schedule, kind of week one, pretty light in the SEC as, uh, as far as marquee games. Really, Business doesn't really pick up till week two around this part of the, uh, the college football world. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's understandable. Teams, teams want to start with, you know, especially if you're turning over a lot of your roster, you want to schedule a, a game that you're supposed to win, basically. Uh, but, yeah, South Carolina plays North Carolina. Um, I think Vanderbilt has Hawaii, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And there's, a few, there's a, a few decent games out there. Yeah, I think Florida State and LSU, you know, last year got a, a ton of attention. I think we probably downgraded LSU too much off that game. And both of those teams, I think, turned out to be much better than we thought after that uh, first game of the year. Yeah, good point. And as, as I recall watching that game, there were some – you know, there were some errors. I think there were some special team problems for LSU, and they sure did get better as the season went on. And then, of course, Florida State had a good year. And, and you know, it begs the question, are they back under Mike Norvell? Um, and they had a shootout game. I remember listening to it uh, driving back from, um, I think, Little Rock after the uh, Arkansas-Missouri game. Good shootout game between Florida and Florida State to end the season. So, um yeah, I mean, and I don't get too too concerned about the level of, you know, high-quality TV games. There's going to be plenty to watch, and, uh, you know, it's just like appetizers before you really get going, right? <laughs> there you go. That's one way. Yeah, that's a way to look at it. Now, Some appetizers are better than others. Sometimes. Yeah. Is, is there a um, – between the Texas and Alabama game and then the Florida State – and uh, and LSU game that we were just talking about. Is there one that you think is more intriguing th- those weeks one and two? Well, um, you know, if you recall, Texas really gave Alabama a scare last year, and I, I can't remember some of the details late in the game that that turned it for Bama. But uh, Texas was in real position, and so uh, you got to think that you know they're probably going to continue to build under Sark. Um, and I don't know. I think both of those games are, are intriguing and, and should be fun, should be entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just see how those games end up playing out. Tom, back to back to media days for a sec. Bo Limmer left off all three All-SEC lists. This is a guy that ended the season, in some people's minds, is an All-American. Is that the biggest slight that Arkansas got from the All-Selections at media days? Yeah, I would say that's definitely the case. And um, 
I mean, Limmer made, I think Limmer made some preseason first team magazine selections. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a case of uh, when the guys are at media days and, you know, they know they're going to be timed out if they don't go quickly. Offensive line is one of the positions that a lot of people probably go through pretty swiftly. And even though Limmer's mentioned at the top, because everything's in alphabetical order, um, they probably go on down to the Georgia guys and the LSU guys and the Alabama guys returning. Um, and and Limmer doesn't get probably the consideration he, I would say, deserves. I, I voted for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I I did as well. I think I had him as a second teamer. I don't know if I put him as a first teamer or not, but I think uh, I think that's one of the things you touched on recently in one of your pieces in Whole Hog Sports. Again, Tom Murphy with this Whole Hog Sports Arkansas Democrat Gazette on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, I want to end it on basketball. Keon Menefield looks like he's going to be uh, redshirting as a non-scholarship player for this upcoming basketball season. This news came out. Just recently, over kind of the tail end of Friday over the weekend, uh, what, what did you make about the news that will affect Arkansas's basketball program and their guard rotation this year? Right, I'll address that, and um, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't fail to mention that Limmer was listed as a center, right? And then um, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. I mean, he he's gone to media days two years in a row and uh, plays on a back to back national champion. So he was the first team center. I don't know who the second team center was, but that's why I voted Limmer. Uh, hard to go against Van Pran as as a top guy, mm-hmm. especially considering the fact Limmer's changing positions. And even though we feel like he's going to be a solid center, um, the rest of the conference, you know, they haven't seen him play the spot except maybe in the bowl game if you're if you're paying attention. Um, on Minifield, um, you know, they're really super guard heavy. And what is his weight, y'all? Is he does he weigh one sixty or? Something I, I'm not looking at the roster. It's pretty small, if I remember that correctly. Smaller guy. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe you know, put on some weight. Um, I don't know if there's any other uh, you know un, unspoken situations about what's happening with him, uh, but it's a way to you know possibly ensure that he'll get more playing time next year. Yeah, and we've seen guys like JD Note and other people under Eric Musselman that have utilized that. What did he, he's called it something before, Tommy? The not the not the off year. He doesn't call it an off season. He, he's called it something specific before, and I can't think of what it's oh. called. But we've seen him utilize it and take advantage of that the following year. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what the term is you're looking for there, but uh, you know, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be one more change in the roster, Tom, before before school begins. Yep, and um, I mean, one thing we know is that they devote a lot of time to uh, the, the roster management. And that's, you know, a, a judging uh, how prepared guys are to fit in their system, what each person is going to give them. Uh, and, and, you know, last year they came up a little short from the three-point shooting danger. And, you know, as, as far as they advanced, as well as they played, um, if they had an eagle-eyed three-point shooter or two, it, it could have meant something else. Uh, you know, took them, taking them to another dynamic. So uh, they spend a lot of time getting this done. And um, even though I think it would help to have another six eight, six nine burly guy, um, they know what they're doing. They've done it before. The formula has worked. And uh, I, I think hog fans have come to know they can trust the evaluations and the decisions made by the staff. And we were talking earlier about North Carolina and Kansas squaring up in a home-and-home uh, I don't know what it'd take to get Arkansas and Kansas, who are regionally right here nearby each other, to play. But man, that'd be a great series if Arkansas could add a home and home with anybody. Kansas would be uh, would be uh, not only just a marquee matchup, but great for fans because they could drive back and forth. Oh, that, well, isn't that the tra- truth? And and the thing is, if you're doing that, then you keep yourself on the national stage. You think about what Kentucky has done over the years, and some of these pre conference tournaments they're always playing the the dukes the michigan states the uh the kansases um north carolinas and they just keep their name out there that way and and that's to me that's where this program is right now but that you know they're a national brand uh people want to see them um there's always storylines with them you know is eric musselman going to 
take your shirt off and celebrate. I mean, <laughs> so there is a, uh, a a mojo about the Razorbacks. Yeah, maybe last year would will spark something for down the road in the scheduling. Tom, thirty nine days away. August fourth will be the first practice. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're running out of days off before uh, all the heavy lifting begins. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's coming soon, and uh, I'm, I'm gear, gearing up mentally to start covering the race back. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll catch up with you on Thursday morning. Okay, sounds good. Talk to you all later. All right, I have some bad news for all you Yellowstone fans out there. The Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Yellowstone will not return in November. It's going to look like the timeline is going to be closer to 2024 on this. Because it was, what, two weeks ago they said not July but November. And then now it's November, moved back to January. There, I guess all this this strike with was it Saga or whatever that or uh, whatever it is that uh, you know with all the writers and all the the, the people on the crews are on strike, yeah. so they can't finish up the production yeah. of this thing. This is uh, ongoing right now, and I I am not a big fan of having to wait on another season. What happens, and I don't think it'll happen with Yellowstone, is I'll lose interest, and I either won't finish out the show or I'll have to re-watch the show, but Yellowstone... Oh, they'll have marathons leading up. Yeah. But, uh, and this really in the season, this is the second half yeah, of the, the season. the second half of the season. The season, season even the, the full season yeah. we're trying to get it's good going. good point. So it's, uh, I know it's frustrating for fans that I was excited to watch in July and then it gets said got pushed back and then it got pushed back and so well, I was, Apparently this is it. I mean, there, there's not going to be any more Yellowstone after whatever they're shooting now. Well, Costner... Ended up, he was either in the middle of a divorce or he got a divorce, and there's, I think he's wanting to be done, and Sheridan, I guess, Taylor Sheridan, who's the creator, probably doesn't want to continue on Yellowstone without him, so I, there's well, a I lot. I think they're of, just going to pivot to some of these, uh, it's not prequel series, but they're coming up with, with you know, other time periods, yeah. so I, I think that's what they're... Uh, their, their shift and folks going to be Taylor Sheridan has created several other really great shows mm-hmm. in addition to 1923 and 1883 Tulsa Kings is really good he I mean this guy knows how to write and he knows how to produce TV yeah he's done a, a good job to this point but it is a little... Yellowstone is the one that got it all started I mean no one who watched Paramount Network until Yellowstone came I know along. I didn't no I mean it's kind of put them on the map nope yep but we got Again, we we had a countdown at one point to when Yellowstone the second half of the is this season four or five and I guess it's you call four, it the final season, um, but now it looks like we're going to have to add to that count. Imagine telling college football fans who have been waiting for a certain day, whether it's the Arkansas football team, which kicks off in 39 days, or if it's another football team, and then <laughs> the college football collective world's like, yeah, we got to push back a week, or we got to push back a month. I mean, there would be uh, there would be a lot of anger and, and vitriol towards that decision, and I know for avid fans of that show, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me and Tommy, and for those of you that watch the show. I mean, that's why... I, I have not had an appointment television show yeah. in I don't know how long, but I, every Sunday I'm night, I don't, I don't wait to watch that. Every Sunday night, my butt is in my couch or my my chair at, was it 8 o'clock, right? 8 o'clock You're on the Sunday. one that says appointment it's TV. 8 o'clock. You should know what time the appointment is. Well, it's been is. so stinking long since an episode's <laughs> come out, I forgot what time it was at. I generally got there early and watched at least part of last week's. You know, they, they'd air that before. Yeah, but, that's uh, smart. But yeah, I mean, and, and sometimes if I couldn't do that, I would start like 20 minutes late. That way I could fast forward through the commercials. We had, but, uh, we always had Sunday. Yeah, I, I never waited till like Monday to watch it. We had Sunday night football on one TV and then that on the other. So we'd boot Sunday night football and then have that going. So during the commercial break or during the commercials, you have Sunday night yeah. football in front of you. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll have to live with 1883 and 1923. And I just, hopefully those come back around. I couldn't Tulsa get into Kings those. is okay. That's still but learning, right? It, yeah, but it's still not on the same level as um, as these other ones. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.